This episode is from a series of classes where Shakti Durga is reading from her book, Spiritual Mastery. Hi everyone, it's Shakti Durga and welcome to this episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Each episode is going to feature some of the highlights from live trainings, retreats, online classes and presentations that I've done around the world. If you find value in it, please text the link to the podcast to a friend or share it with your networks. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. We're now going to look at Hallmark of Self-Mastery number seven. And this one is called Emotional Mastery. (gasps) Wow. Wouldn't life be simpler if we didn't have emotions to deal with? I think the answer to that is yes, but it'd also be quite dull compared to the rich and vibrant life that emotions allow us to have. If we move beyond the physical plane of things that you can bang a nail into or smell or touch or taste, then emotion is a very pervasive part of life. In fact, you could say that the whole of our lives are written on a background of emotion, that there's a wash of emotion going through pretty much everything that has to do with being human. Sometimes we would like it to be that there are only the pleasant emotions like happiness and joyfulness and feeling successful and good about ourselves. But imagine what it would be like if the opposites did not exist. How would we ever know what it felt like to be happy and fulfilled if we hadn't ever experienced sadness and a feeling of dejection? The richness in our life comes from the pairs of opposites. And it doesn't matter how much we might not like it or how much we do like it, we're never going to change the fact that emotional life exists on the law of polarity, that there is the polar opposites of emotions and they come in sets or pairs, so happy and sad, hopeful, depressed, you know, the whole list of emotions because I'm sure you've experienced most of them. When I was younger... I was definitely taught that it was only okay to experience and portray the happy end of the spectrum. That was exhausting and it meant I had to suppress a lot of the rest of my responses to life. What I didn't know back then was that every emotion, whether they're happy ones or sad ones, whether they're peaceful ones or angry ones, They're all giving me a bit of information about the world I live in, that they're messengers. Emotions are messengers from our unconscious. They're messages from our intuitive self and sometimes even from the soul, letting us know, watch out, look out. There's a boundary to adjust here. There's something you need to grieve here and let go of. There's so many different types of messages that are coming up and through us throughout our emotional bodies. Of course, we don't want to live in a world where people are just acting out negative emotions. However, it's been important in my life to come to the realisation that all events that happen in my life are neutral and the only way they get flavoured is by an emotion. 
So for instance, back in the day when I was younger, I used to get very, very agitated, stressed and anxious and a bit angry if I got stuck in traffic and I was going to be late for work or late for an appointment. I just couldn't relax. My emotions would be going all over the place in a very negative way and it would be exhausting and draining. And when I did get to work, I would not be at my best because I'd be so full of stress hormones that half my brain wasn't even probably functioning properly. Then I learned that all events are neutral and that we can decide which emotion we're going to feel with whatever event it is and that most of our choices are just coming from habitual conditioning. So I decided to try it out in sitting in traffic and I decided that if I was starting to feel anxious and stressed about sitting in traffic, I would just breathe and then I would decide, I would decide that I was going to enjoy my time, that I wasn't going to let it get on top of me. I wasn't going to be fearful about what I was going to find when I got to work because there was nothing I could do about it. I was stuck in a traffic jam. I'd allowed plenty of time. I'd allowed extra time. And yet some car accident or other circumstance had meant that I was late. So I decided I would listen to music. I would put on a guided meditation and I would do some work that way. Or I'd put on a podcast and I would use my time in an enjoyable way. I tell you, it changed my life because I was then able to get to work in a calm state and then be able to properly deal with everything that I had to deal with and apologize if that was needed for my lateness, but to also be able to explain what had happened. And it really meant that by the end of the day, I was much less tired, frustrated and frazzled than I would be had I not learned that all events are actually neutral. So when somebody does something that habitually you've got angry about, it's really important to recognize that your angry response is a choice, that someone else may not be at all bothered by someone doing whatever it is you're getting quite upset about. And we can decide that we are going to change our emotional response to any given situation. We can just decide. And the way we do this is we try and bring a gap, a little gap between the things that happen and the way that we are responding. We can feel the feeling, but the gap also comes between the feeling and the response. So between the feeling and how we respond to the thing that's happened. So for instance, if somebody speaks to us in, a, in an unpleasant way, in most people that would generate a feeling of annoyance. For some, they would have no reaction. Well, that's fine. But if we do have annoyance, what do we do about it? Let there be a gap. Breathe and choose. Decide I'm not going to uh, give back to that person what they've given to me, but instead I'm going to choose to speak in a normal voice. I'm just going to choose that. So there's always this choice point. We can choose how we feel about an event, but failing that, 
if we find ourselves stuck with a negative feeling, which might be there giving us some information anyway, so it might be a positive thing that it's giving us information, but we don't want to dump that on people. We want to have a gap so that we can then gather ourselves up and respond intelligently. We can deal with the emotion in a little while. So I found that this has been a very good way to really adapt relationships and to bring a whole suite of positive changes into my life. We'll see in our practice of emotional mastery over time that emotions are not dangerous, that none of them are truly bad, but some of them are ones we should choose more often and some of them we can use more like spices or condiments rather than letting them be the main course of our life. We don't want to live as an angry person. We don't want to live as a jealous person. But if a little bit of these things come up, then we can take information from the emotion and integrate it into our life in a positive way. And we'll talk more about that in the next hallmark, Loving the Unlovable. But for now, let's think about some of the ways that we can make a few mistakes with handling emotions. Firstly, resisting emotion can be a bad mistake for your physical well-being. There's now been a lot of links made between our emotional state and the well-being of our bodies. It seems that our hormonal systems and our nervous systems are very much affected by our emotional charge. The calmer we can be, the more peaceful and positive we can be, it seems that our body responds in a way that it spends more of its time in nurture and repair mode, whereas if we're angry, if we're um, stressed, then we're in fight or flight mode most of the time. And that way, we don't get the time we need in the nurture phase of the nervous system, and we can end up ill. So emotions per se can't hurt us if we just feel them and then let them flow because they are energy in motion. But if we trap them and suppress them and, you know, sink them down into our bodies, then they, they can be quite bad. They can be quite dangerous. When we judge emotions... This is a problem. If we say, oh, that's bad, that's terrible, then they won't flow. They'll get dammed up. And more and more and more of that emotion is probably likely to come our way to try and show us, you know what, I'm okay, I'm okay. You've just got to learn how to use me. You've just got to use me in your life in the right way. And then I won't hurt you. So learn how I can help you. And then you can let me flow. And occasionally when I come and visit you, you can go, oh, I can learn this, this, and this, and then I'll go again. So with an example of that is anger. Back in the day, because I was such a good girl, because I wasn't allowed to be any negative thing, I didn't feel any anger, but I had a lot of angry people around me. When I decided to let anger be in my life, it was amazing how much I was able to feel my own anger, which I'd suppressed, And I was able to make peace with all the people around me who had been carrying that anger for me. I'd judged anger and so therefore I'd 
suppressed it. And so it was sitting within me and was not good for my mental well-being. Suppressing emotions is also an issue, as I said before, because they seem to go into the organs and tissues of our body. Another problem we can run into with emotions is that we project them on other people. So if I'm feeling upset, I can assume you're upset. I actually project it on you. You're not upset at all, but I think you are. Or I'm not upset, but you think I am. It's a very tricky one, this one. So um, just be aware of that. And to really, um, when we start to have some emotional mastery ourselves, we'll find that other people's emotions don't bother us nearly as much as they used to. Another way some people deal with emotions is through addiction. They just can't handle negative feelings like feeling like a failure or feeling like not good enough or whatever the feeling is, and so they suppress it using any number of addictive habits. This can include alcohol, gambling, sex addiction, food addiction, whatever it is, people uh, suppress their emotions in these ways. And part of the cure and part of the healing from any addiction is usually getting in touch with our feelings and being able to handle them. Let's think about how someone who is in a self-mastered consciousness deals with emotions. Well, the first point is that masters, like anyone else, feel emotions. They, they don't suddenly become half a person that only has the good half. They feel everything, but they are able to be skilled people in the world despite what they're feeling. So if a master has a friend that dies, then they're going to feel grief and sadness just like anyone else. But they won't be... Um, dumping it on other people. They will just be able to handle it. They won't be frightened of their emotions either. And of course, anyone from masterful consciousness will understand that just because a person has left their physical body doesn't mean that they're gone forever. They've just gone to another realm. But they'll still miss them and they'll still have emotions. So masters can feel emotions very intensely but they just don't become attached to them or to the situations from which other people may say the emotion arose. Masters will feel their feelings and let them go. The emotions are accepted, not feared, and not repressed. Through acceptance and awareness of their divine core, the master is able to simultaneously feel a strong emotion, but underneath that is peace and calmness. A master may feel angry at times, but won't harm other people with that anger. It's just a tool of the soul, providing information that something needs to be changed. The master doesn't react, but responds in a manner that is patient and loving. The response is to develop a strategy that allows them to be patient as opposed to angry, and they don't have knee-jerk reactions. The master doesn't avoid confrontation, but is able to skillfully and calmly say what needs to be said in a given situation. So as we approach self-mastery, we don't need to think that we've got to give up emotions or that we'll only ever feel good. That's not going to be the, the situation. The situation will be that we can feel our emotions and we can let them flow. And that even when we're feeling some difficult emotions, 
we will not behave badly. We'll be able to harness the emotion, extract the information it has for us, let it flow, and then do the smart and wise thing. Have the conversations we need to have and move on. One of the things I've found most useful for handling emotions is the use of the breath. And in the next video, we'll go through some of the breathing exercises and how and when you can utilize them. Let's see what the aspirations and pitfalls are of this hallmark of mastery. Firstly, the aspirations are the ability to feel all of our feelings and to do the right thing even when we're not feeling that great. It's to be able to refine our thoughts, our words and our actions even in the, in the presence of feelings and that when feelings come up, we process them properly. We don't dump them, we don't project them, we don't suppress them. We just let them flow, find the information they have for us, learn from it, and we respond, we don't react. So there are aspirations and some of the pitfalls that we can fall into is believing that our emotions are represent reality instead of just a subjective reality. It's just our reality, might not be someone else's. Failing to deal with our emotions by suppressing them or projecting them or denying them. Addiction is one of the pitfalls. And speaking to other people when you're full of a charge of negative energy. If you're full of judgment or you're full of anger and you speak to a person, all they're gonna hear is that. They won't hear a word you say. doesn't matter how much good sense you're speaking. If you speak with anger or you speak with judgment, they won't hear you. So speaking to others, wait until the charge of energies move through and then say what you've got to say. And the other pitfall is making decisions when you're feeling bad because they're probably not going to be the right decisions. And so I thought you might be interested also in a practice. What is it we can do that will help us to manage our emotions? And for me, one of the best ways to manage emotions is through breathing exercises. Because when we use the breath, we can start to calm ourselves. We literally can count to 10 as we breathe, breathe out, and with every breath, we can feel the emotion leaving our body, with every breath in, we're breathing in calmness, breathing out, and the emotions can flow away. In our seminars, we teach a number of different breathing styles, uh, which you can learn to be able to change the flow of emotional energy throughout your body. And it's very, very good to be able to do this so that you're not at the whim of whatever emotions are flowing through you at the moment. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Soul Talk. I hope the podcast has served you in creating a happier and more abundant life. If you've enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to connect with me, head over to shaktidurga.com. Bye.